0: Welcome back to the Renaissance Space Podcast. My name is Margaret Allen and I am your host. A few weeks ago, I met, if that's the right word, Oliver Wright on Twitter. He posted a photo from my hometown and it prompted us to have a chat. And here we are, moving from headship to sharing and connecting with senior leadership teams through twinkle the hidden depths of social media they aren't always bad and what a great story it is good afternoon oliver how lovely to see you
1: hi margaret it's really good to be here it's nice to see you as well thank you for having me on
0: you're very welcome we were just reflecting as as we came on how we met um who knew that twitter could could be the beginnings of something like this
1: it was quite amazing, and we—I'm not even sure we're totally certain how we connected on there. I—I I was absolutely adamant it was Deputy Grocott on his four photos a day over the over the summer holidays, but I don't think it was. I, I think you just came across either I came across your timeline or you came across mine, um, and we were on holiday down near Worthing, and you—I yes. think just spotted one of the photos that I'd shared and went, "That's near me," and, and that was it. It sort of took off from there.
0: It's amazing. Um, it's technology at its best, really, isn't it? Because I mean, yes. there, there are yeah. times when I think, "Oh, really? Do we have to do this through technology? Why can't we just all get together yes. or pick the phone up?" Yeah. But um, this is a real success story.
1: Mm. And it's nice to just have that connection, even if it's not necessarily, a, you know, I was on my holidays, so I wasn't really working, but just to have that sort of, and almost just putting the word out going, look, I'm staying near here, where can I go and have a look at? Where's Where's worth visiting? And you were not the only one. There was a number of people who just sort of jumped on and went, oh, you want to go and see this beach or this town's really good for shopping or whatever. So yeah, it's it's amazing the connections you can make.
0: And I think some people do have a knack of, of opening it up like that, don't they? They put something yes. random up there mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden a load of people are jumping on and you think, "Yes, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so one of the things I find people who are brand new to Twitter often come on and sort of go, well, nobody's interacting with me. What do I need to do? And it's almost a case of just jumping in and making a comment, seeing some, somebody doing something amazing and going, oh, well done or somebody's presented something that looks really good and say that looks really good and you know sometimes it falls flat but sometimes you just get those conversations going and it's almost the same as being down the pub or down the shops or whatever. If you make conversation with people, it sort of comes back to you. So, yeah, it's good I, to do.
0: I think that is that that is spot on and the, the sort of edu-twitter group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if we all, all are leaning into that, we've got that common strand already, haven't we? So that yes, helps.
1: Yeah, and it's remarkable the people that you connect with that have that common strand and something else. So, yeah. you know, if you're into craft or if you're into sport or if you're into reading or whatever, there'll be – people in education who are also into that and you end up with sort of multiple aspects of of connection which is great
0: so oliver wright i suppose i should have allowed you to do that before we said anything else that's Um, okay (laughs) so that teaching strand we've just mentioned how how did that when, when did that strand start? <laughs> a
1: long time ago. It's one of those, I've been asked a few times, like, how many years have you been teaching? And you, you sort of rack it up and it's it's well over 20. Um, I ended up, I think I, I went to university with the view to potentially doing primary teaching, but I did a degree in geography so that if I didn't fancy it, I had the option to do other things because I'd been advised if I did a teaching degree, I would pretty much be stuck with, with teaching. Then, And yeah, and then when I did... Um, volunteering at university went into a local primary school and absolutely loved it and it was like yeah i'm gonna do this so i ended up doing a pgce in sheffield uh, and then started teaching in 1997 i was working it out which is ages and ages and ages again. It's 25 years ago now um but i've been absolutely rooted in primary education for for the whole of that time i started off with a class of year five and sixes um and then worked to year three And then move schools and i did the thing that at the time was very very sort of popular as a a sort of stepping stone on your career to do three or four years in one place and then move somewhere else and take on more responsibility but in a different school and get different experiences with different staff and different children um so i did that moved on to be a team leader did three or four years there and i'd done then two junior schools and my head teacher at the time just took me to one side at one point and, and he just went you'll never get any further Within Sheffield, unless you've worked somewhere that has infants. Doesn't have to be an infant school, but you okay. cannot, you know, there are about yes. six junior schools and loads of through schools.
0: Yes.
1: Um, so I just took him at his word and went off and got an assistant heads job in an infant school teaching year twos and loved it. Um, and did I think a three or four years there and then went into headship and yes. ended up out in Northeast Derbyshire, um, head of a through school and absolutely loved it and, and haven't looked back.
0: It's very interesting to hear you talking about the, the importance of, you know, primary mm-hmm. – you you don't have to be all things to all people, but people prefer it if you have had some experience, don't they?
1: Yes, yeah, and it, it was almost that – I'm sure I could have gone to a through school and just, you know, taught Year Sixes in a school that had an infants and a nursery yes. area to it. But it was just having that sort of extra string to your bow. Yeah. Uh, and then I found in my first headship, I I covered PPA in the nursery because yeah. partly it was something I'd never done before, but partly it was quite a challenging school. And it was the one place where, because of ratios, I couldn't be sort of just asked to step outside and supervise somebody or deal with the situation elsewhere in school. It, it was one of those where the door was shut and it was locked and, and I could get on with focusing on what I was doing rather than, you know, it's very easy if you're covering um, older children and they're all settled for somebody to go, oh, can we just yes. leave a TA with that? Can you come and deal with something happening elsewhere in school? Whereas you know, it just gave me that little bit of headspace to do an afternoon in nursery, where I knew I was totally focused on that and nothing else.
0: Yeah, and and interesting because I think everyone should do that because I do think yeah. that people's perception of nursery or early years is is you know sand and water and 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 lots of children just doing what they want and, and yeah. some of that incredible detail, encouraging children to come and try something and and all of those yes. skills that that you need yes. to hold. Yeah, and there's absolutely. there's
1: a certain aspect of dealing with parents to do with sort of nursery and early years as well that the rest of primary can can take an awful lot from. Definitely. So you know that was a really good to do that handover at the end of the day with all the parents and and it just gave you an extra string and an extra sort of way into having those conversations with them. So yeah, it worked out really well. And what are you doing now? I work for Twinkle now. Uh, which is an entire departure. I, I did headship. Um, I went back into the classroom briefly because my wife was working ridiculous hours and we had young children. And we sort of got to a point where we just looked at each other and went, somebody's got to do something different. So I part-time went back into the classroom, then got sucked back into headship and did a what was a part-time headship that was never really part-time in a small school. But did that for, for some time, then went back into the classroom again. Um, and I was at the point where I was thinking, I, you know, I don't want to do a series of temporary jobs and be, you know, the new person who's going to save everything for the next sort of six months or 12 months in a school where there's a difficulty to, to overcome um, and then do it all over again the next year. And at, at that point I had quite a big bike accident and ended up in hospital for, for quite some time. Uh, and at that point was just looking around, you know, literally what else can I do? And spotted this job at twinkle as an editor so applied for it um and then fairly soon got the call back and had to explain to them look you know i actually can't come to an interview i'm i'm laid up in hospital can we sort of delay it for a few weeks at least till i come out um but yeah i I ended up getting a job as an editor for twinkle which was totally different um and for my recovery was brilliant because you know i could literally turn up and there was no worry about anything else, you just put your headphones on, cracked on with your editing. At the end of the day, you shut the computer and and went home. And it it was great. Um, But I fairly soon got a shoulder tap from HR, who, you know, they'd they'd realised I'd got this experience of headship and the company was looking at how they could engage with school leaders. And, you know, would I be interested in having a conversation about this? So my initial reaction was like, no, I, I'm quite enjoying what I'm doing. It's, <laughs> I don't need the extra hassle, the extra responsibility. But they were they were very insistent. Uh, and it was a really good opportunity. It was one of those things where it hadn't been done before in Twinkle. So there was no sort of, it has to be done this way. There was no preconceptions. Um, and the boss literally said, you know, go out, go out and do what you need to do to connect with school leaders. So it gave me an awful lot of freedom to do writing and broadcasting and podcasts and, you know, literally anything that was gonna make that leap um to get you in front of school leaders.
0: So using your leadership experience, which you were actually clinging on to and, and mm-hmm. thinking, actually, why would I want to be doing this? Yeah. Um, I mean, that that probably is interesting to a lot of people because You know, people gather up so much experience in their teaching, don't they, in their career and, you know, what happens to it. And here's an amazing opportunity for you to Mm. be able to share that with people.
1: It can be quite interesting because we've had I've had people who've joined us as part of the team as we've grown. And many of them have had the same sort of experience where they've they've wanted to step out of school. But they've not really known what else they can do, because if you've been in teaching or in school leadership for for some time, you tend to almost get pigeonholed. And it's like, what can I do? I can either go back into the classroom or I can stay doing what I'm doing and that's it. You can't sort of transfer that experience that you have. And then just being able to sort of work with people like that, where, you know, opening their eyes to the fact that they can do bits of marketing or they can do bits of writing or, you know, lots of the skills that they've gained in dealing with parents and difficult children and developing staff and all those sorts of things that are really important in school have a place elsewhere. And sometimes it's almost just taking that leap of faith into that space. And other times it's it's recognizing what you can transfer from what you've done. Uh, and having that sort of entrepreneurial mindset where you can spot an opportunity and say that people need this, we can help them with that, we can provide that, or, you know, people are going to be interested in this, we can do that. And having that sort of just let's do it type of attitude, which, you know, is where a lot of what I've done has has come from that. So, you know, being having that freedom that the boss expressed of literally do what you need to do has transferred into why don't we do a podcast or, you know, why don't I ask to go and do a radio programme for somebody? Or why don't we write some blog content rather than just downloadable resources that the company's known for? And it's just providing what people need and and doing a lot of listening at the same time. But, uh, yeah, just making trying to make the difference.
0: And having, I think, that insight, because it's very similar to me, you know, I'm ex-primary teacher, um, work for Promethean, now working for Renaissance, exactly yeah. the same as, as you just said. You have that understanding and first-hand experience of life at the coalface. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly say, though, it's amazing how quickly you forget what it's like at that coalface once yes. you leave it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's, it's been interesting <laughs> trying to make sure that I maintain that, because you know, almost. almost through the pandemic it was very difficult to be in schools and you know i'd be in touch with people through through social media i'd be in touch with people via zoom but you couldn't actually go and visit their schools and as things have opened up now it's it's really apparent that i need to keep that current schools experience and it's no good me talking about you know when i was in school three years ago this is what we did because it's entirely different now um and it's almost it depends as well on how you you'd get that school's experience because I've done school visits where you almost get the sort of polished Instagram version of it and you get yes. to see their forest schools area and yes. their new library and isn't it lovely? And then you get in the car and you go and you've not actually learned anything. You've you've had like the sales pitch.
0: Yes.
1: And equally, if you go and do sort of volunteering on a regular basis, you can, you can be incredibly useful and helpful, but you could just be lumbered with, you know, you're the one who does the tidying up or you're the one who yes. gets an intervention group and that's all you see. Um so it's important to have that sort of whole school view um so I've just literally just agreed to be a governor at one of my local schools, which is part of a trust that we've worked quite closely with with right. twinkle already um so it's it's just a different aspect of of getting that whole school view and that current school's experience rather than relying on on you know what I've previously done
0: your, your memory mm-hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> um i I think that um You know, once a teacher, always a teacher. But I think also it's having that – it's a sort of emotional attachment to Mm -hmm. life in a school, and it doesn't matter how big or how small or whether it's key stage one or key stage two Mm – there's something about that connection and that experience that is just part of you. It's sort of yes, of your heartbeat almost, isn't
1: it? And it's one of those things you get when you talk to people who've had that lived experience. And, you know, you sit down with three or four teachers and almost certainly you'll end up talking school at some point. But there's those little looks of recognition and, you know, somebody will tell a story and everyone goes, yeah, I've been there. I know exactly yeah. what that's like. Yeah. And then you meet with people who are not in education and and they have no idea about those little subtleties of of school life that that means so much to you when you're in it and that you can identify with, even if you're no longer in school. Um,
0: Definitely. I think also the, the the. sort of public view of schools you know everyone's Mm -hmm. been to school so everyone has a view and everybody knows because they've been to school and actually that is based upon a you know a spurious memory of of sports Mm -hmm. days or or day trips or you know teacher you loved Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's very different to when you're there all the time and when you're there as a, a member of staff as well because as a pupil you get a different view or as a parent visiting you get a different view so yeah it's important to be in there
0: it is really important so you know I suppose in in most jobs there's a sort of um, ladder or a, a progression that that can yes. happen naturally. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe people who haven't worked in schools will think, oh, well, you start off as a sort of junior teacher, then you became a more senior teacher, and then you become... Yes a deputy, and then you become a head. And it actually mm-hmm. doesn't work like that, does it? It's, it's No. Not.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, somebody I know talks very eloquently about it being almost like the climbing wall of career. So it's not a sort of straightforward ladder where you go from rung to rung, but you're almost moving sideways and sometimes going back down a little bit and up a bit. And it, sometimes it's just finding your sweet spot. And it, it's if you're going to have a long career in teaching, it's definitely got to be something that you are completely comfortable with and and is your sweet spot it can't be that you feel like you should develop in a certain way so you must go for an assistant heads role if that's wrong you're going to be so out of water and you're going to be so uncomfortable doing that but if it's the right thing you know it can be absolutely perfect for some people And it's almost having that sort of that long-term view of uh, you need to keep moving you need to keep developing you need to keep stretching yourself but it's not necessarily just a rung to rung on a ladder
0: and so the SLT components, if I can use them that, within with yeah. Twinkle, what, what do they look like? What do, what do they um, pan yeah. out as? It's, it's
1: constantly evolving. So it's one of those things, that it never really stands still. Um, and when I started, it it was literally me. I was the segment manager for senior leadership and that was it. So anything that got written, it was me writing it. Anything that got recorded, it was me recording it. Anything that went out on social media was entirely me. Um, But it's grown from there. And we've now got very um, obvious leadership resources that sit within um, basically a school leader's landing page where there's things that you'd need for school improvement and for working with governors and for supporting and developing middle leaders and, and so on. There's also a CPD component that sits within us. So there's, there's twinkle CPD and there's one step CPD, the twinkle CPD is very, the guy who's running it talks about as CPD with a cup of tea, because That's it's, nice. it's a sort of brief overview, you know, here's a concept. You can read a one pa- one page summary of it. You can watch a three or four minute video and you get an idea of where it is and you can go and have a go at that. Whereas the one step that we've done is much more in depth and it's a sort of six week research informed change project that you could undertake on your own or you could do as a whole staff team um so we've got people who are writing and producing those um we've also got digest which is a sort of news and articles and update it's it's sort of not a newspaper and it's not a blog it's just um current educational interest really uh some of which is leans towards the news side of things. Some of it is more evergreen and you know what you would need to to read to develop and you know can be used as CPD and can be used to share sort of knowledge and so on. Um, and they all come together as as parts of the the senior leadership tree within Twinkle. So yeah it's it's grown considerably from there. And and all of those have sort of mini teams within them who have writers and editors and designers and it's all very, very carefully put together. But we hope that it helps those people who are, whether they're stepping into leadership or whether they're established senior leaders um, or even just aspirational to get into leadership. It's it's there for people. And we hope it helps.
0: It sounds like the senior leadership. Um, element of of twinkle is actually mirroring what we just described which is the journey that a teacher would make you know that that there are some bits that you sit with for longer or for shorter periods and you're sort of dotting about so it's it's quite a nice analogy or quite a nice um Mm -hmm. mirror image of of uh life at the coalface but actually yes. here's something that can support that and, and help yeah. people to develop and grow and yes understand
1: and sometimes it's just doing it in different formats so you know some people are very comfortable downloading something printing it out putting it in a folder reading it referring to it when they need to other people it's more a case of reading it on their blog or their you know they're on their phone or their ipad other people it's audio content or video content that that really gets them going and that that works for them so you know it's providing in different ways to them to suit different people
0: that sounds so interesting. Uh, and, you know, who knew? Uh, when, when people think of Twinkle, they'll think of downloads and they'll think of resources. Yeah. And, you know, I can't think mm-hmm. of many teachers, primary teachers who don't know about Twinkle. But yeah. to have this additional um, mm. level or, yes. or component that, that allows people a bit of an insight into yes. the next step if they want to go there. Um, yeah. Because it's
1: interesting as well because people don't often find it and it's one of the things we find I have uh, in September went in and it basically helped out with the phonics training that was happening for everyone's inset days there was quite a number of us went into schools to deliver some of that phonics training and the moment you showed them different aspects of the website it, they were like oh never seen that i've never seen that there's leaders resource they didn't realize it was there they're paying a school subscription for it And they had not spotted it and the same for other areas you know there's a a whole teaching assistant area that's brilliant but if you don't know it's there or you're not teaching assistant you're not necessarily looking for it so yeah it's one of those that's it's worth having a a bit of an explore of the website because there's there's so much more than you would imagine
0: well i'm fascinated by everything you've said oliver because i've learned so much about what twinkle also is. Um, It's been really lovely talking to you. I mean, who knew that a click on a a follow button was going to turn into this wonderful insight and conversation that that we've just had. It's
1: amazing, isn't it? Thank you.
0: Not at all. Um, I look forward to talking to you again one day. Yeah,
1: that would be really good. Thanks, Margaret.
0: Thank you, Oliver. So, as Oliver says, Twinkle has a lot to offer and is not just worksheets, but has a whole host of additional resources, support, and information. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that you can catch up on all previous podcasts at www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash podcast.